Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. I was curious. I, I didn't know what it was going to sound like when I just started talking. I was hopeful. Words came out. That was that was a it, it positive step from Friday. Uh, good to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. Uh, you can join us, if you would like, on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. It's right here in C Spire country. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, welcome to this Monday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Richard Cross, another really good sports weekend. A lot of fun stuff, a lot of entertaining stuff. The college basketball was great, both locally and nationally. The uh, NFL was really fun yesterday as well. I guess the second game, probably a little more fun than the first game, certainly left us with more to talk about, I think. I mean, there's a lot of lot of Monday morning quarterbacking from the, uh, the final yeah. 20... One twenty-two minutes of last night's NFC Championship game between the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers. Good stuff. They both delivered, though, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I they mean, did. G- great games, close games. Man, I-, I was thinking about this earlier today. What would the sports talk Everything around the country, both locally and nationally, in all 50 states, be talking about today if Dak Prescott played the way Lamar Jackson played yesterday. Now, Jackson's catching some heat. He he certainly is. But if that were Dak Prescott instead of Lamar Jackson, what would everybody be doing today? Do the Cowboys need to trade him? I mean, I, I, you know, and Lamar played well when they beat the Texans a week ago, but but man, I'm, his defense 
the, the Ravens defense time and time again gave their offense opportunities. And yeah, the Ravens just played stupid yesterday. J- they bad, played really stupid football. Undisciplined, bad football, bad penalties, stupid penalties. Uh, I mean, you, you catch a 50-yard pass and you get up and you shove your DB down. What are you doing? And then the same receiver a few plays later fumbles on his way into the end zone and then cuts his hand open, punching the bench. And then Lamar Jackson, uh, I mean, down 10, you've got you've to get points there. And, and you still have plenty of time. You're going to get another possession throwing it into triple coverage. I, I mean, there's no chance at a complete. Just shooting themselves in the foot time and time and time again. And then the Lions, it's much more debatable with the fourth down decisions from Dan Campbell, but other stuff happened too. You fumble deep in your own territory. You you have a chance to intercept a pass. It hits you right in the hands. It bounces off your chest up into the air for a completion. And then multiple drops, including on a fourth down and a defense that couldn't get stops. And uh, I mean, a couple of choke jobs yesterday. Really entertaining ones. But, man, you had two teams that had chances to send themselves to the Super Bowl that could not execute, and the teams that executed found their way into the Super Bowl. Brian, hey, Dad, you know who did not choke this weekend? The Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Ole Miss Rebels in college basketball. No choking there. Really good wins. Really good wins for both of them. For State to get that win over uh, you know an Auburn team that had been playing really good basketball and to win their way, I thought was important. You know, we have been talking about State and the way they they had gotten away from that defensive intensity that they that served them so well last year. You saw it again on Saturday, and then for Ole Miss, a team that you know we we said it also that hey at home they're really really tough, but they don't look great on the road. They found a way to, to bottle it up and bring some of the pavilion with them to College Station and got a win that they had to fight really hard to get, uh, but in the end they, they, they did enough, and that sets us up with a massive, massive basketball game uh, tomorrow night at the pavilion. I'm so, I'm so excited. Jinx! Oh, in stereo, it's going to be so much fun tomorrow night. I'm envious. Yeah, I, I am envious of the two of you uh, because, I mean, this is what... I was talking to a friend about this earlier because he kind of makes fun of me. He's one of those, one of the, one of those fans in Mississippi, and, and he's not alone in this. Where where he would be fine if they just tore the pavilion down to make an indoor baseball practice facility right there on the spot, never had another dribble of basketball again. He's one of those people, and he's not alone in that. But I was talking to him earlier. He said, "Finally, you talking about basketball is paying off." And what what, what you know, we went back and forth. What he meant by that was, I have been begging for meaningful basketball here for so long because when you get it, it looks and feels like it did this weekend. And, I mean, we got it. Hey, Dad. Uh, you, you got it in Starkville. We we got it in College Station. And now you have the basketball egg bowl. I know that bothers people uh, like Paul Kublik. But, but now you've got that where both teams, it, it means something beyond, well, just got to beat your rival. For both teams, for the first time since what? You, what did you guys say this morning? Twenty nineteen. We're talking five years since the game has meant this. It's incredible. Yeah, and and it means a lot to both of them. And I I don't even know if we can say, oh, this is one that that means more to Ole Miss or means more to Mississippi State. I mean, 
I think you can make the argument that it's a bigger deal for Ole Miss because it is a home game. Yeah. But you could also make the argument that it's a bigger game for Mississippi State because they're one game behind Ole Miss in the standings. Both of the Mississippi State is in much better shape in terms of how the computers view them, net ranking, all of that. And and as this stands right now, an Ole Miss win would be a quad two win for the Rebels because Mississippi State is currently thirty six or thirty seven in the net rankings. And so a top thirty home win is a quad one win, whereas a top seventy five road win is a quad one win. So for Mississippi State, it would be a quadrant one win, which is would look very, very good in the eyes of the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee when that time rolls around. But a lot on the, uh, on the line and contrasting styles, and I think some one-on-one matchups that are really, really fascinating to watch tonight. Hey, Dad was kind enough to uh, – what was that? Was that interview for Thunder and Lightning or Thunder and Lightning Extra or something? For tomorrow, yeah. Okay. So, hey, Dad was kind enough to have me on Thunder and Lightning. We did a little bit of a preview, and we were talking about some of the individual matchups. The Josh Hubbard-Juju Murray matchup is a, a fascinating one. You know, how much time are those two going to be on the floor guarding each other, trying to score against each other? Two guys that have played really, really well. I think about the fours. The Jamin Brakefield-Cam Matthews matchup? Ooh. Interesting dynamic, though. If you're old Miss, do you let Murray guard Hubbard? Or, or do you have somebody like Flanagan or Morell guard Hubbard because... Murray, it's not for lack of effort, but kind of a defensive liability. And so although the size matchup is there, would you rather have him guarding somebody that's not near as skilled offensively as Hubbard? And did you put one of your bigger defenders on him to make it more difficult? Very interesting little chess match you've got going on there. So so do you take Josh Hubbard and he guards Shaq Moore? And you put either Morrell or... Flanagan? Alan Flanagan on Hubbard? Uh, you would at least have to consider it, right? I mean, just, just to, to get the size on him, to, to make his shots a little bit more uncomfortable. Hey, Ned, his release is so quick. Oh, my goodness, his it release is. is quick. Yeah, he, he's he's a pure shooter. There's no question about that. And then, you know, from the state perspective, I, I, or maybe not, not from the state perspective, but I'm also, as we talked about, Ole Miss is such a big, long team. They have big guys down low. What is Tolu Smith going to be able to do? You know, if you had told me, and I'm pretty sure if they have told any of us that on Friday that Tolu Smith was going to score nine points in the game against Auburn, we would have all thought, man, State must have gotten beaten by about 20 points in that game. But because everybody else stepped up, it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, so State's got to have that again because if Ole Miss can neutralize Tolu Smith, State's going to need Cam Matthews in double digits again. They're going to need Shaq Moore in double digits again. Uh, and they're going to need Deshaun Davis to, to finally do something as well, especially since it looks like he's going to play an increased role with Trey Fort likely being out on uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, and um, it was the first time that Deshaun Davis had not started this season. In fact, let's let's press pause on this. we got plenty of time to preview tomorrow. In fact, we'll do a ton of that tomorrow building up to this. But let's look at the games from this weekend. Mississippi State's win, 64-58 over Auburn, and Ole Miss's win on Saturday night on the road against Texas A&M. We'll dive into those 
over the next couple of segments. Just getting started with you on this Monday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back with you right after this. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. And gone! What a run! Touchdown! The end zone touchdown! To the house! What a start! Football! It's never going away. Ever. It's in the system. I load the... Pushers at random, it's never going away. Can you take it out of the system? No. Like you don't know how to, or like that would. Oh, I know how cost, to. But, oh, you just football. Because I get that <laughs> laugh out of hate every time, and until that laugh goes away, the pusher's not going away. Ah, oh, goodness. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Glad to be with you this afternoon. You want to join the conversation, you can do so on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Love for you to join us, ceasefire, customer inspired. So Mississippi State had the earlier start, so let's begin with them. 2.30 tip-off, Saturday afternoon, Humphrey Coliseum, packed house, Third consecutive Saturday with a home sellout. You've been at all three of those. This was the biggest crowd of the three straight home sellouts, wasn't it? Uh, it's between this and Alabama for sure. Okay. Uh, Might have been a little bit more for Alabama, but the crowd was definitely into the game and 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 very much locked in. And, and the team gave them a reason to stay locked in. As I told you on Saturday, I was like, if you were an unbiased observer of this game you're just watching college basketball you got a good game i mean there was it was tight there was drama the whole way through yeah the the first half if you were an unbiased observer might have left you wanting a little bit more i mean it was tied at 21 aesthetically pleasing yeah yeah so it was tied at 21 it was physical now in fairness those of you who like to get on the officials a lot there was not a lot to get on about the officials they really let these guys play both ends of the floor uh, I didn't think that there were any egregious fouls or lack of foul calls in the game. Maybe there was one or two. I don't know. Um, but but nothing that just stood out to me as, Ugh, what, what are we doing here? Get get the, This is not a ref show. We're here for a basketball game. Um, to me, the most impactful player on the floor on Saturday, with apologies to Josh Hubbard, because – he probably made two or three of the most important plays in the game. I thought Cam Matthews was the most impactful player in the game. Um, I agree. He finished with 14 points and 11 rebounds. He was not great at the free throw line. Left some left some points out there at the free throw line. Went just two for six. But in a lot of ways, I thought he kind of willed Mississippi State to that win. Like, he was a physical presence. Had a scary moment, too, when he went down, was trying to go in for the dunk and got hit from behind and went down hard on the floor, was able to get up. Um, good hard play on, on both sides. But uh, 
I don't. I just I walked away from that more impressed with Cam Matthews than I ever have been, just kind of watching him in a single game. I thought he had the play of the game too, and when he missed the free throw and then got his own rebound and was able to put it back in, that that was a huge momentum swing because you know you think, oh gosh, he missed a free throw and now Auburn's going to come down and get a score. Instead, he 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 gets not only the missed free throw back but another point. I thought that, and, and early in the game when State couldn't get down to Tolu, Cam Matthews got them some buckets inside. You know, he was able to drive in on his man and get some easier shots. Uh, and that sort of opened things up later in the game for Shaq Moore and obviously for, for Josh Hubbard. Um, so, yeah, between him and then you have DJ Jeffries, who not a lot of points, although he had those key free throws there at the end, but 12 rebounds for him. And that's kind of what DJ has been this year. You know, the, the offense hasn't really been there. He's not a big scorer, but when State has been successful, it's because DJ Jeffries is getting rebounds, is making plays on the defensive end, uh, is, 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 you know, passing the ball well. Those are those are what he that's what he brings to the, this lineup right now, and of course at the same time he is a guy who can hit a couple of threes and maybe give you ten, eleven, twelve points if if the shots are falling for him. So that's what we talked about last week was State's not going to be successful until the other guys around Tolu Smith are successful, and so you get th- three of your yeah. four starter, three of your five starters in double figures, and one of them's not Tolu Smith. That that's a good recipe for Mississippi State, and because you know Tolu most nights is going to give you. You know, 15, 16 points. If everybody else is getting you 10 plus, you're, you're in really good shape. This is one of the things that Pat Bradley talked about in our, our broadcast Saturday was like, okay, who's going to help Tolu? Who, who's going to be the guy that steps up and, and makes some shots? And, and that certainly, um, kind of played itself out because there were a bunch of guys that stepped up. Hey, Dad, I'm going to make a prediction. And if it's mm-hmm. right, we can come back to it somewhere down the line. And if it's wrong, just forget about it. Okay. Sean Jones is going to win a game for Mississippi State at some point this year. I, his mm-hmm. shot looks good. He can always get an open shot because he is not the focus of the opposing team's defense. I feel like especially corner looks, he gets open. And if he has a night where he gets hot, I could easily see him going 5 of 7 from 3 and being the difference in Mississippi State winning and losing a basketball game, and maybe one that they weren't necessarily supposed to win. He's also a guy who can get to the bucket. You know, he, he can. can create his own shot. He can drive and 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 get into the get to the rim. Yeah, he's a, he's a good you know guy off the bench for Mississippi State. He can be a guy who gives you some offense. He definitely gives you some defense. State's bench is going to be really key tomorrow because, like I, I mentioned earlier, I don't know if, if you caught it, but it looks like Trey Fort might be out tomorrow. Uh, so that sort of really narrows State's rotation down. They'll, they'll have five guys, the, the starters. Yes, he, he injured his hand during the game. And uh looks like he's, he's day-to-day, could be back this weekend. State made an announcement today. Andrew Taylor, finally they announced him off the team. Uh, Keyshawn Murphy working his way back, but I don't expect him to play tomorrow. And then Ford is day-to-day, could play, might not play. But that means State's rotation is eight, right? It's It's the starters plus Jimmy Bell, Deshaun Davis, and 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 Sean Jones. So those three guys, unless they want to put Jaquan Scott into the mix on uh on uh on Tuesday, those three guys are going to have to give State something off the bench to, in order to beat Ole Miss. I was a little surprised by how not a factor Jimmy Bell was on Saturday because I've been impressed with him, and and that was just it was almost like the bigs for Auburn were just too athletic for for him to be on the floor for extended minutes. And then that might be a problem for State on uh, on Tuesday. 
because be. Ole Miss has athletic bigs. Jimmy Bell has just not played as well. I mean, he played great in Tolu's absence, but the the transition to the bench, he has just not found he has not found that niche yet of being there on the bench and what he needs to give State. He he, he has some moments to give you a little defense here and there, maybe a couple of rebounds, but his scoring touch has, has abandoned him for a good part. You know, there was something that worked really in favor for Mississippi State. Janai Broom finished with, with 14 points and seven rebounds in the game. All seven of those rebounds were defensive rebounds. All were a pretty def- decent offensive rebounding team. They had only six of them in the game on Saturday in comparison to Mississippi State, who had 14 offensive rebounds. But um, Dylan Cardwell, Auburn's backup center, he couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Picked up three fouls in the first half. He quickly got his fourth foul in the uh, in the second half. He only played six minutes, and that's a guy that's been yeah. playing like twenty-two, you know, somewhere between eighteen and twenty-two minutes a game. And so Janai Broom played thirty-four minutes, and that's about ten minutes more than his average per game. And I just wonder if it wore on him a little bit, having to, even though Tolu Smith didn't have a massive game in terms of points and rebounds, he had nine points and eight rebounds. Certainly a solid game for a big man. But Janai Broom just had to battle with him all day long. And I wonder if that kind of took a toll on him a little bit in terms of what he was able to do offensively. Certainly, certainly makes sense because, like, as you said, State definitely made him work. And, and like I said, Auburn did a really good job in, in the front court of, of limiting Tolu Smith. Uh, but it maybe did take a, a, a toll on them offensively. State just played really good defense, though. Yeah, I thought they that did. they did anyway. I mean, they they they, they and and Jans talked about it afterwards. He's like, you know, we're, if we're gonna, however we're gonna play, we have to play our way. We have to play the, the way that's made us successful. State these last few games prior to this was not doing that. They, you know, ninety points to Kentucky, uh, eighty-two to Alabama. They gave up a bunch of points, easy points to Florida, in in that loss down there. That's not Mississippi State basketball under Chris Chance. You, you, I thought this this past game, you saw what that team really is. Um, and I mean, offensively, they had their issues, sort of similar to they did last year. But having Josh Hubbard was the difference this year. Just having that guy who can get you some uh, some open looks and can drain them uh, is huge for Mississippi State. Borky, anything stand out for you Saturday in the the State Auburn game? Oh, you guys covered it a lot already, but yeah, State's ability to almost frustrate Auburn offensively and kind of, and I don't mean this negatively, but to bring them down to to their level and play their game, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. They brought them down in the mud and made it a wrestling match like that, and and, and Auburn looked totally uncomfortable conducting their offense, and it's a team that is so good at sharing the basketball and is unselfish, and they just. I mean, for 40 minutes, looked very uncomfortable in their offense. And uh, that's why they lost. You, you don't expect the fast break points to be dead even at 12 apiece no. when you're playing Auburn. And, and that's what that's a great way to describe it. Mississippi State just kind of mucked it up on uh, on Saturday. And, and they made it really, really hard for Auburn. And Haydad's point's a great one. That's not what they've done this year. That was Mississippi State's identity a year ago. And they had kind of gotten away from that, but they got back to it. Will they be able to carry that on the road on Tuesday night and kind of do the same thing to Ole Miss? We'll see. Let's talk about the Rebels and their trip to College Station on Saturday night when we come back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi is back. This is it. Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. Good crowd in College Station on Saturday night at Reed Arena, a place that Ole Miss had never won. 12,610. Packed house. And uh, it can be a, it's a weird building, but it can be a tough place to play when it's loud and full and it was loud and it was full. Yeah, and, they hate uh, architecture uh, in College Station, or should I say, they hate good architecture in College Station. Every building's ugly, even the nice ones, except for the football stadium. It's not ugly. No, it's a stunning place. Otherwise, it, Kyle Field is spectacular. Bluebell Park is pretty spectacular. Everything else is just kind of brown. Yeah, it's uh, that is a that is a. Big, open, brown campus. Mm-hmm. And it is big. But it's like they said, Texas calls it the 40 acres. We'll have the 4,000 acres, by golly, and it'll all be brown, even though our colors are maroon and white. Yeah. Anyway. If you mix those two together on an easel, it's brown. There you go. Fair enough. Um, I thought it was kind of a wild basketball game. Yeah. You know, kind of an innocuous enough start. Back and forth early. Texas A&M was up nine with 3.13 to play in the first half. Yeah, Ole Miss played like crap for 17 minutes. Uh, for, forgive me for, for being so articulate in that description, but that's what they played like. They looked for the first 17 minutes of the game like they did in the other three previous SEC road games. They looked, they were sloppy with the with basketball. With the exception of not falling behind big. And because they played good defense. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, what was it, eight turnovers in 17 minutes? Missed a lot of shots. Just really bad offensive basketball. And, I mean, there's no way that you were watching that you couldn't think, well, there they are again. For whatever reason, they just can't execute offensively on the road. So good at home on offense. But when they leave the pavilion, they can't do it. And then... And then they're like, hey, Borky, why don't you just shut up for a second and watch us play basketball? It was like that's what they said to you. Yeah. Because they closed the half on a 13-2 run that included a 10-0 stretch there, and Matthew Morell's buzzer at the three gave them a two-point, or I'm sorry, not his buzzer at the three, Matthew Morell's three at the buzzer of the first half gave Ole Miss a two-point lead going into the locker room. That makes more sense, right? You almost had it. Yes. It does, yes. Um. Ole Miss continued that momentum out of the locker room as they kind of blitzed A&M in the first four and a half minutes. And with 15.33 to play, the Rebels were up 11. But as is usually the case, especially in conference play, the home team, if they're trailing, makes a run. And that's exactly what A&M did. They erased that 11-point deficit over the next six minutes and 22 seconds and retook the lead with 9.11 to play. And from that point, really until the end of the game, it was never more than a four-point game. Kind of hovered in that two, four, five, two, four, two, three, twos. It did get to seven at one point, and then Ole Miss chipped away. And Ole Miss went up two with a minute 24 to play in the game. So minute 24 left in the game, Ole Miss got the three from Jalen Murray. No, I'm sorry, from Brandon Murray. 
Brandon Murray hit the three. Shoot, that's in the first half. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong spot on the... Yeah, so uh, Jalen Murray hit the three with 22 seconds left. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Morrell made a two-point jump shot to put Ole Miss up 62-60 with a minute 24 to play. Ole Miss would never surrender the lead. A&M got it within one. They tied it. Then with 22 seconds left and the shot clock winding down, Juju Murray hit the three from like 25 feet, put Ole Miss up three. Shot that thing from Dallas. Um, A&M hit one of two free throws with Boots Radford at the line, so it was a 65-63 game. They had to foul. Allen Flanagan made two free throws, put Ole Miss up four, and then Wade Taylor the fourth, like just falling away on the wing, just a beautiful three-point shot. Made it a one-point game, 67-66. Jamin Brakefield hits two threes, or hits two free throws. Matthew Morrell hit two free throws at the end. Ole Miss wins it, 71-68. The uh, the last-second shot by uh, Tyrese Radford didn't get anywhere close. Ole Miss did a really good job denying Wade Taylor the basketball mm-hmm. on the last possession of the game for A&M, and uh, Radford didn't have any choice but to take take the shot. And it came up short, and Ole Miss escaped with a really, really good road win. Uh, massive uh, is an understatement. I mean, you, you look around the SEC, too. I mean, I know both road teams won these games, but Kentucky went to a terrible Arkansas team and had their hands full. Tennessee went to Nashville and had their hands full mm-hmm. uh, for 30 or so minutes in, in each game. Just winning on the road is so, so, so hard. Huge crowd. I mean, down kind of big early, down seven with, what, just under four minutes to go in the game. That team, that was a mature win. Uh, Both getting down, playing poor early, coming back, making shots, getting a lead in the second half, blowing that lead, and still making shots, and then the six consecutive made free throws from three different guys, by the way. Well, The the gotta-have-it free throws in that spot, in that environment, and just casually and comfortably making all three, excuse me, all six of those shots, those three guys. And, uh, I mean, they, they had to do it in different ways. Uh, Chris Beard had to make an adjustment. Sharp, just bad matchup for him. He was basically unplayable. And then Cissé gets hurt, and so they go to the small ball lineup, and, and that worked. It Just different guys doing different things, a ton of offensive rebounds. It was uh, It was a very mature mentally tough, whatever adjective you want to use, a uh, type of win because they didn't have their best game. They didn't play their best game. And they found a way to win the game in different ways with multiple different guys. That was uh, It was really impressive uh, to pull it out because especially with four minutes to go, I thought, you know, good effort, good try, but it's not happening tonight. Down seven with four to go on the road? It's not happening that night, and it happened for them. The road wins are uh, the the road record in the SEC this year is sixteen and thirty. So there are a total of sixteen road conference wins that have happened so far, but it's kind of top heavy. Um, Alabama's got two of them. Tennessee's got two of them. Auburn has won twice on the road. Kentucky's won twice on the road. South Carolina has won twice on the road this year. And Georgia has won twice on the road. In in terms of teams that have not won at all on the road, Vandy, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi State, those four still looking for their first road win. 
and then you know the rest have got one on the road so far this season. It's hard. Um, it's and, and then those four teams at the top are perfect at home this year. Alabama's four and zero at home. Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, all three and zero at home. The other undefeated home team is Ole Miss at three and zero, and that'll be put to the test on uh, on Tuesday night, tomorrow night when they yeah. host Mississippi State. Um, so I thought a couple of things that that really stood out: the six of six from the free throw line in the final minute of the game was huge. If you're going to win games on the road, you better make your free throws down the stretch. And three different the home guys. Team's not, yeah, and not only is it the home team's going to keep coming, AM has a star. I mean, right now Wade Taylor the fourth is he's the player of the year in the SEC right now. Well. Probably number two. Yeah, because Dal- Dalton Connect at Tennessee is otherworldly right now. Um, Ole Miss got 13 points off of Texas A&M turnovers. Ole Miss had 13 offensive rebounds in the game. And that's what A&M does, right? They get boards on the offensive end. And they had 15, they had 18. Yeah, I mean they're really good at that. But does it drive you crazy watching the way they offensive rebound? Like if they can't pull down an offensive rebound, they turn it into volleyball. It's yeah. like they go to the highest point and they just try to spike it out toward the three point line, and they've got a guard hanging out there that's ready to gobble it up. It's, um, it's it certainly has been effective for them. Yeah, and, and again, Cisse got hurt, looked really ugly, and and came back into the game somehow. I'm curious to know how he's feeling today. Or yeah. yesterday, kind of a day after, but uh, he, he was huge. Like you look at his stat line, and you don't think that you know it's all that impressive. But his presence uh, was really, really effective. Uh, Brandon Murray also gave them some really solid minutes. Uh, a guy that's struggled a little bit uh, this year to to kind of find his rhythm after gaining eligibility, uh, thanks to uh, some attorneys general across the country. But um, and eight wards for them on the offensive end. Yeah. And Cisse is going to be extremely important tomorrow uh, with uh, with Tolu. His defense and physicality, he's he's going to have to be what he was on Saturday if Ole Miss is going to have a chance because I, I don't know if – I mean, Sharp is so long, but I, I don't know if Sharp's going to be a great matchup with Smith, but, but Cisse physically can match up with him a lot better than Sharp could. Hey, Dad, I would ask you your thoughts on the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game, but I know you were locked into the Royal Rumble. So uh, locked in, hundred percent. I, I did see the score, <laughs> which is why I didn't ask you your thoughts on the game. I figured that was about as far it was gonna, it was going to go. Saul Miss one. There you go. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Oh, Sports Talk Mississippi is back. Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Dwayne says, I don't think I've ever heard Hey Dad talk bad about basketball referees, just football. First time listener? Au contraire, Dwayne. <laughs> uh, talk about Teddy fan. Valentine anytime you want. 
Ole Miss fan, new to basketball, please help me understand something. Why in basketball does the traveling team wear colored uniforms and the home team wears white uniforms? Very new to basketball, evidently. Very Uh, new to it. But it's not an all-time thing. Uh, In fact, Mississippi State, Mississippi State this weekend switched back to their home whites after wearing maroon at home the last two Saturdays. Um, But generally speaking, the home team wears white, just like in baseball. Football's a little bit different. Home team kind of gets to decide. It's just tradition. I mean, ultimately what it is is the home team gets to decide what uniform they wear, and traditionally the home teams wear light-colored jerseys, and road teams wear dark-colored jerseys, but it's not always that way. One of the Cowboys' favorite uniforms is white home jerseys with the silver pants. But then sometimes they break out the blue occasionally. Yeah. It's just a, just a uniform thing. Nothing is sacred with uniforms anymore. Or should they be? Mix it up. Have some fun. By the way, Ole Miss's powder blues look really good on the road against A&M the other night. Yeah, they did. Um, who is more likable, CM Punk or Cody Rhodes? Cody Rhodes. Even with that terrible hair color? It looks like his dad. Got, the, got that bleach blonde thing going. Yeah, it's gross. People don't like I mean, CM Punk? He, he is not the most likable guy in the world. Okay. He also injured him. He's going to miss WrestleMania. Really? What did he do? Yeah, Taurus tricep. Taurus tricep Saturday. Trying to throw somebody over the top rope? Mm-hmm. I guess so, yeah. Were people mad about Pat McAfee being contestant number 22? I don't think so. He, he made a good spectacle of it. Would it have been better if he had gone after Onos? Uh, it would have been funny. Watch him go after that guy, considering how big that dude is. That is a large man. It's a large man, yeah. Are you impressed yet that I have said this many things about Royal Rumble without messing something up? You're doing good. I'm very impressed. How about the uh, numbers one and two, the brothers who were kind of estranged, mm-hmm. facing yeah, off against each other? Yeah. yeah, they'll probably meet at WrestleMania for a, for a match there. Are they gonna like? Is it gonna be like a nice love story ending, where they they turn into buddies? Again? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that because I don't know how they're gonna work out this whole bloodline thing. You know, I, I don't think Rhodes will beat Reigns at WrestleMania, and so we'll go from there. Mm. And and uh, the, the 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 brothers formed one of the more formidable tag team duos of recent memory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where is yeah. this coming from? Sometimes I surprise you. Man, did you Man watch did the his Royal research. Rumble? I did not watch Royal Rumble, but I did go back and watch some highlights from Royal Rumble. There you go. And there you go. Uh, picked up on a few storylines. I don't know. He did, he did good. He's doing good. I'm, I'm proud of him. I thought hey, Dad might want to. I will, I will make an to attempt to watch it. a random golf event as a, as a reply to this. Um. Did the uh, did the female Royal Rumble go as interestingly as, or, or is that part of the same event? It was really good. Okay. It was it was good. It was it was really good, and I think the right person won it in Bailey. Uh, you know, I think I think I think I think it was good. And then weren't there other a few little like little matches that were kind of mixed in? 
But one of them. Yeah, not so two little. other matches. Yeah, yeah, two other matches. You had the uh, the f- fatal four way for the world title with Reigns versus AJ Styles versus Randy Orton versus LA Knight. That was a good match. And I thought the Kevin Owens Logan Paul match was 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 good. Logan Paul is just a prodigy. I don't know how this guy he's turned into a, a good a great wrestler. He's really good. Like if he'd been doing this his whole life, he would be right there at the top of the business. Hmm. So we're uh, it's really interesting. We're we're now um, sixty nine days from WrestleMania. Is that right? Nice. Is that right? In Philadelphia. Oh wait, no, no, it it'd be sixty eight because it was Saturday night. It was not Sunday night. So it's sixty because they it's kept Saturday saying seventy Sunday. days from. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it's a two night event. There you go. You gonna go? No, I'm not. No, I'm okay. afraid not. No, I would love to go oh. once before I, I shuffle off, but uh, we'll see. 40? It's not gonna be this year. An all-time record: forty-eight thousand people inside Tropicana Field. I mean, that's like, that's like ten Rays games. A lot of people. <laughs> uh, there were some. I mean, bad in June and July, there, I the way mean, they the way they had it set up, it was rough. Like you could tell, there's some people who paid money to sit. Hundreds of yards away. It's because it's one of the worst buildings that has ever been constructed of any right. type. Just gross. Tear it down and build a new one. Easy to say. A full Blame wrestling segment money. on Sports Talk Mississippi. Life is good. There you go. There you go. We'll take a time out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Winners and losers. We want yours. We'll give you ours when we come back. Gentlemen, ladies, I have an announcement to make. Sports Talk Mississippi with Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky is back. Super duper. Thanks. Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you rolling into the 4 o'clock hour on this Monday afternoon, the 29th of January. It was like we just had Christmas, and then we had New Year's Bowl games, and we had the National Championship game, and now we blink and we're about to turn the calendar to February. Oh, it goes in a hurry. February, with meaningful basketball games in Mississippi, hashtag Borky approved. February with the start of the college baseball season. February with the Super Bowl. The months are really pretty good. We have very little in life to yeah. complain about. Very little. It's true. At least from like from a work standpoint. Oh, it, I mean, it's yeah. incredible. And I, I'm feeling, and I hate that I'm about to, to say this, but I, I'm sensing a lot of optimism and hopefully not some false optimism around the, the baseball teams around here also lately. I, I just hope the results match some of the uh, overflowing optimism that I've, I've heard last few I days. I loved Scott Van Pelt's tweet last night. He said, it's moments like these when I think about people who don't enjoy sports and I wonder what they're doing right now. Maybe a nice book or museum or hike or something. All lovely, I'm sure. Give me this. I hear you, Scotty. I hear you. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, brought to you every day from the Pearl River Resort studio. Uh, Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. We got, we're going to have a few days with sunshine this week. You're going to get some mid-50s, maybe even some low-60s mixed in. Might have an opportunity to sneak out this week. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can test drive both of them at, uh, at your pleasure. You can book your tee time today or uh, plan a golf trip to the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. We'll be there before long. Get to uh, get to March Madness. I think that'll be our next trip to Dancing Rabbit and uh, to the sports book at the Golden Moon. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ceasefire text line is open 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. Let's get to winners and losers. All I do is We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner never win. And a winner never quit. Michael Borky, lead us off today. Winners, losers. What'd you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? So I got a DM from somebody over the weekend, and thanks to that person for uh, in, not inspiring me to do this, but I should do this. If I'm going to criticize, he wasn't mm-hmm. really fond of uh, of our show Friday. He didn't like what uh, especially me uh, had to say about uh, the, the post-game comments from the women's basketball coach at Old Miss, what was not really uh, fond of, of our show, and that's okay. You don't have to be. But he said, you know, don't forget to talk about the good, too. And he's exactly right. If I'm going to criticize, I need to praise as well. It was a weird end of the last week for the Ole Miss women's basketball program. Not exactly the best messaging, uh, to put it mildly, coming out of that and and the subsequent uh, stuff on social media. Not good. Team shows up Sunday, gets a pretty good crowd, especially when the game started at the exact same time as the AFC Championship, which, by the way, they're going to get over 50 million viewers on that. Team played well. They were ready to play. They played well. They won the game. Coach gets the microphone, has a really good message to the arena after the game. Press conference was really, really good and positive. And then she does something really cool, and that that resonates with me for sure. I really like when coaches do stuff like this. She says, hey, I'm going to post up at this bar. If you show up and you have a ticket to the game, drinks are on me. You know how people say that first, first drinks on me. First drinks on me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even though you know she she's well compensated, you know, buying drinks for an entire bar for however long they want to be there is probably not something that anybody wants to do. But uh, you know, people say the way to a man's heart is through their stomach. Well, the way to an Ole Miss fan's heart is buying them a drink, I suppose. So that <laughs> that. Uh, that was a cool way to end. Ah. Um, that was a cool response to uh, an otherwise, uh, you know, bad's a strong word, but a bad situation there. Team was prepared. They played well. They won, and the cool gesture followed that. So, uh, Coach Yo and her team is, uh, is a winner this weekend for sure. Yeah, they needed to win that game. With, with, with all that had gone on, they, they needed to, to win the game. Uh, the crowd was a little better than 3,800, 3,863, I think, was the number. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I was talking with somebody today. I was like, it's probably the number that they would have ended up had there not been the all the stuff at the end of last week. Because definitely there are some people that 
came and supported Ole Miss women's basketball that wouldn't have otherwise come. And there were also some people that got pushed away that might would have come otherwise. They're like, you know what? I'm out. And and so, yeah, good crowd, good energy, good win. And hopefully that is all kind of now in the rear view mirror. Um, good, good for them. And and I agree with you, uh, Borky. It was a, a neat gesture for her to go and um, buy drinks for people. and uh, All good. All good. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Just a heads up. Just real heads up, uh, Richard's going to be doing the same for you guys uh, tomorrow <laughs> night after the game. Anybody who shows up, Richard's got you uh, got your tab. Uh, this is why we should have a pregame show hold from a, second, hold a, a second, local hold a establishment I'm so sorry. you could say that and see how many people show up. I'm sorry. That is not true. <laughs> like, I love all of you, and, and I don't mind <laughs> buying you a drink individually from time to time. We'll do it. Just not everybody at once. I, I, I can't do it. Right, individually, however many eight thousand, however many it is, uh, we will we will get you taken Jeez. care of. Uh, winner from the weekend, Brock Purdy. Yeah, best game manager in the league, I guess. I mean, the guy's taking his team to the Super. Bowl. What a what a crazy game that was too. Really fun to watch. I missed most of the first half, so I'm, I'm doing the podcast. Um, I missed uh, missed you know, Detroit just rolling all over them. And that was a game where as soon as Detroit got stopped. On that fourth down, uh, the first one, I thought, that's not good. You know, you're rolling and you're rolling, and then when when anything gets in the way of rolling, it can go the other way pretty quick. And Brock Purdy, not exactly known as the most mobile quarterback in the league, but made big plays with his legs, made some big plays with his arms, kept his team rolling the whole second half, and, and now he's headed to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, depending on who you ask, he's the only chance left to derail the uh, the swift train that that's coming everybody's way. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty good game. Obviously, the 49ers were the best team in the league all year. And the Chiefs, I mean, this is Mahomes' chance to elevate himself into that absolute top tier with Montana and Brady as the best that's ever done it. So we'll see where it goes. But I thought Purdy uh, made a statement for himself on, on, uh, on Sunday. Super Bowl 58 coming up in uh, 13 days. <laughs> I can't take original uh, credit. That was uh, it was one of the responses on uh, the insufferable Darren Rovell's uh, tweet of coined the name of this Super Bowl. Uh, but that one I thought was, uh, was kind of amusing. Uh, I'm going to go back to a guy that we mentioned earlier, that I mentioned earlier, uh, because I think he's the reason Mississippi State won. Uh, with apologies to Josh Hubbard, not taking anything away from his his performance. By the way, quick story to tell you about him in a second. Uh, Cam Matthews, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Six of those 11 rebounds came on the offensive end. Energy, defense, hard-nosed, all that stuff. All that stuff rolled into one with uh, Cam Matthews on Saturday at Humphrey Coliseum, he's a winner. All right, so your uh, your quick um, Josh Hubbard story. Hey, Dad, I don't know if you saw this happen or not. So less than a minute to go, maybe less than like 15 seconds left. State's going to win, mm-hmm. and they're at the free throw line. And Josh Hubbard is standing over at center court, and he's inching his way closer and closer to our TV location, like where we're sitting courtside. And he's pointing. I didn't see first, At first, I think he's pointing at us. And then I realized he's not pointing at us. He's looking over our head. 
So I talked about his maturity earlier on the court, off the court, or maybe I didn't, maybe I hadn't done that on the air. I think it was something we were talking about this morning. Chris Jans told me a week ago, incredibly mature, not just in the way that he plays, way he takes care of his body, goes about his business, does all the things. But there's still some freshman moments. He wasn't talking to us. He wasn't pointing to us. He was pointing to the DJ standing behind us, trying to tell him what song to play as soon as the game ended. I look up and Chris Jan sees it and is losing his mind. Hover, hover, hover. He's like yelling, going crazy, and finally gets his attention. He's like, oh, oh my bad, coach. It was the greatest. Like, that is a so, freshman who's having so much fun moment that was priceless. So he told him to play ski ye. Okay. I know who I know who it was now. So it was banned, and then they heard the, you know, the opening notes to the next song. Yeah. The place went crazy. Ski ye. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Talk Mississippi with Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky is back. I'm all ears. Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi. Football! Football! We're going to start doing that at the end of every promo. Basketball! Sports Talk Mississippi winners and losers with you. On this Monday afternoon, got some of yours coming in on the ceasefire text line. We'll get to those in uh, in just a second. So I got a loser for you. I'll be quick on this one. Michigan basketball, University of ooh, ooh. Michigan basketball, has won one game in the month of January. Michigan football won two games in the month of January. It's not football season anymore, boys. No. Michigan football has won more games in January 2024 than Michigan basketball. Mm. All right. That's my loser. Short road ahead for Jawan, it feels like. Yeah. Mm. Kind of hard to. Yeah. That's the that's the danger in hiring one of your own. Yeah. You can, you can punch a guy in the face as long as you win. Yeah. Once you start losing, then you got to go. Is there is there a member of the famed Fab Five that at some point has not had some level of acrimony with the alma mater or the place they played basketball? Well, I mean, they all they all have, you know. I mean, because of all the NCAA stuff, but it is what it is. Yeah, but it feels like everybody's kind of fallen out of love and fallen back in love, and that's happened yeah. a couple of times. Maybe Honestly. Ray Jackson has had the least of it because he's the less known of the guys. So. Yeah, maybe so. Those uniforms were so good, though. Yeah. Were you, were you a guy, did you wear the sagging shorts all the way down to your ankles like that? Nope. No, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Winter, those, though. Uh, the, those Rich, official, winter. those basketball shorts were priced out of the cross budget. Uh, okay, I have trouble believing that. But, uh, Ooh, yeah. you remember how yeah. expensive those things were? Like the, like the official oh, they were they, they were pricey. They were pricey. So, winner though, Richard Cross, not only did he battle through a killer sinus infection to get the job done on, on Saturday, but 2-0 and on the year, calling Mississippi State games. And I thought back to last season, you called the uh, the Texas A&M win, 
and the TCU win. State's two biggest wins of the of the regular season. So I have petitioned the SEC to keep you on. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring you we're gonna get you uh, set up for every home game now. I didn't. I, I did not do the TCU game. Did you not? I was almost positive mm. you were there. I did not do an what SEC game. Did you Big call it State? Game. Was it Missouri? Maybe. Oh, it was the Missouri. You called another Missouri big game on the road. It was State at Missouri. I know you called it on the road. State lost, but you called another one at home that State won. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to go back and find it. I believe you. Thank you for the kind words, though. It was fun. Oh, you're very welcome. Great atmosphere. Um. I saw Chris Jans before the game. He's like, you all right? I was like, I made it. Sorry I missed shoot around this morning. I was getting a big old shot in my butt. He's like, I didn't need to know all that. <laughs> Saying. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah, got got through it. And and most everybody was pretty nice about it on Twitter. There was one guy that was like, you didn't sound very good, and you were hard to understand, but thanks. Like, okay. Sorry, bud. Did the best I could. <laughs> Pal, uh, coach, chief, uh, Borky, you, you get a loser. Uh, Zay Flowers, which is weird because he had 115 yards receiving on five catches, but man, it, it all the, the Ravens just so undisciplined. It was all bad. Lamar's interception, bad offensive gameplay. I mean, it, really good running team uh, against a defense that has struggled against the run at times, and the uh, running backs got a total of eight carries. So a lot of bad, but Zay Flowers managed to turn a 54-yard reception into a bad thing when he shoves the DB to the ground and then stands over top of him. You know, there's a debate whether or not that should be a penalty. Well, it doesn't matter. Right now it is, and you can't do that. And so he cost his team 15 yards, which would have been a goal-to-go situation. Instead, they get back to the same spot. He's reaching the ball across the end zone after a reception, and he fumbles and then goes to the bench and punches the bench and cuts his hand open. That is a series of undisciplined plays that are hard to fathom with the Super Bowl on the line. So it was all bad with the Lions and the Ravens. I mean, you can point to a lot of choking going on, but that series of plays on his part was pretty brutal. Tough sequence. Very, very tough sequence there. In an otherwise really good game. Yeah. Um, I got another loser. And among the three of us, I would say that I am far and away the most tolerant of Texas, like University of. I don't mind the Longhorns. I don't know. Maybe maybe you are. Uh, I think I could care less. Okay. But I, I like, I've always kind of like, I like their band, like the color scheme. Baseball stadium stinks with the stupid AstroTurf. I mean, good grief. You're in Tech, you are in Austin, Texas. Grow grass. And I know it's not the way Augie wanted to play, but rest his soul, Augie's not with us anymore. New coach, get some grass out there. Good grief. It's baseball, for goodness sake. Anyway, but other than that, I always kind of like Texas. I'm done with the whole horns down controversy. If you didn't see it this weekend, there were students on the front row of the BYU student section, conference game, BYU-Texas, and, uh, like, there are, what, 12 of them in a row, 10 of them, whatever, however many it takes, wearing shirts that spell out horns down. Somebody came and made them take the shirts off. 
somebody came and told why. Did you why see why Why did one of those game? students? Why did one of those students not look at them and be like, "No"? What did you say? BYU's coach in the postgame said that they did it because we're not about that here, or something to that effect. Well, he was wrong too. It's it's not a slur, it's not profanity. What do you what do you mean you're not about that? Not not about what? Well, it I wasn't mean, suggestive in like, any way. Since, it's since nothing. When, it's, why why are conference mates giving credence to this? It's so disrespectful. Shut. Up! Shut up! I mean, is it disrespectful when you go to Baton Rouge and you hear the things that are chanted at you? This is part By of the game. six-year-olds? It's not really disrespectful. It's, it's just part of the game. Well, it's extremely disrespectful, but it's part of the game. Is it disrespectful when in Tuscaloosa you lose in any sport? And it, like, the sequence is quite literally this. Horn sounds, PA announcer says final score. Dun, 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 hey, go, you know, or, hey, Bulldogs. And, and they proceed to tell you what they've done to you and then tie the state flower into it. And state does it and all this does it. I was reminded of a, a picture of the Georgia student section. It's an old picture, but still when they were playing South Carolina. And it's not an inappropriate phrase, like I could say it on the air, but let the, the phrase that the students painted uh, across their chest talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks was an elective procedure that you do for young boys when they're born. Um, and the governor of Georgia stood in front of those students and took a picture with them. <laughs> it's it circumcised? Yeah, I don't know. The, but, uh, okay. It's a... Okay. Circumcise. How many guys do they need said. for that? A lot. But the <laughs> 15, governor of Georgia. 15, 20 people. The governor of Georgia walks right in front of him and is smiling. It's an older picture, but it's just smiling. Dude. Hey, this is so funny. Somebody's going to paint hook them in their end zones, and it might just be Lane Kiffin. The, the Texas is ready for the SEC from an athletic standpoint, right? Their teams are ready to play in the SEC. But their fan base and their, their leadership – is not ready at all. I really wish LSU Texas was on the docket for year one yeah. instead of LSU Oklahoma. I wish we could somehow switch that around because goodness gracious, they are not prepared for that first trip to Tiger Stadium. Even if they think the horns, because a lot of Texas fans are like, it's lame that our coach cares about this. He shouldn't. But their existence in the Big Twelve, they are respected. They're hated, but they're respected. Nobody in the SEC cares. Nobody cares. Nobody respects and, and Texas it's not at all. that there's a lack of respect. I mean, they'll be respected in the same way that everybody else is in the league. Yeah. But you don't get, like, special feelings treatment be- because your name is Texas. It's, 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 I mean, somebody sends us a message that says, what about dancing on the 50-yard line of the opposing opponents? That's different. I mean, it probably shouldn't matter, but teams take ownership of their playing surface. They do. You don't want to horns down? Win. You don't want people to continue to rub horns down in your face? Stop letting it bother you. You give attention to it, 
People are going to do it more. And we better, if, if we go down the road of horns down equals unsportsmanlike conduct penalties in the SEC, oh, just stop it. I think when we get to media days, that's a question for Greg Sankey that you need to ask. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. More Sports Talk Mississippi right now on Super Talk Mississippi. With you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's um, try to jump in here and grab some of your winners and losers on the uh, Ceasefire text line. Going back to the beginning of the uh, the four o'clock hour. Um, oh, there was somebody that didn't like just a little bit of wrestling talk. Said we wasted all of us wasted the last five minutes of our lives. Sorry. Um, let's see here. He did. He had looked happy during that did. segment. So he did. Uh, Paul from Starkville, even though they lost, the winner is the Ravens quarterback for catching his own pass. Okay, That was pretty That sick. was nearly the greatest touchdown in, in the history of the National Football League. One more tackle at the break, and he would have been gone. Uh, Derek and Greenwood, winners, both Mississippi schools for basketball fun, losers Mahomes and Kelsey for messing with the kicker's helmet and his stand. A-hole behavior, they say. He was warming up on their end of the field. Yeah, but kickers play by different rules. But you're, you're going to be kicking around my quarterback? Uh, no, sir, buddy. Well, I mean, if the kicker was there first, I mean, it was a jerk move. There's a lot of room to move around. You've got one into the field to warm up. They've got one. Get on yours. Kickers play by different sets of rules. The, the, I, I'm telling you, the, the way the field is drawn off for pregame warm-ups includes areas for kickers. Right in the middle of where the Chiefs are? If he was there and then they come out, it's kind of a on them. I, I don't. I don't hate the little head games there. I don't really either. Uh, loser Dan Campbell for allowing the run call with one minute left in the fourth quarter, forcing him to use a timeout and costing the chance of the game. That was so egregious and so much worse than going for it on fourth down a, a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, you heard Greg Olson say, if you run it, you have to score, and they run it, and they didn't. And then also, you have to get the onside kick. Yeah. You did. Uh, there were several Coach Yo for a winner that uh, came through on the ceasefire text. How about Trey and Saltillo? Sends us a picture. Winner, my son and I getting a chance for one last hunt. Got the earbuds in listening this afternoon. Thanks, Trey. You guys enjoy it. The sun's even popped out for you. Good for you. Uh, winner. State beating number eight Auburn. Loser. Whoever is in charge of what is played during timeouts at the hump up one and they let the air out of the building with the kiss cam. Okay. Yeah. It's sponsored. What can you do? First uh, half. First half the kiss cam always. 
It was first half. No, it wasn't. I, I take it back. 36-35. That was well into the second half <laughs> with that score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for the uh, nice words about being me, me being Mississippi State's good luck charm. Will you be there tomorrow night? Not on the call. Yeah, but you'll be in the arena. Planning on it, yeah. I think, yeah, I think we got right. Dave Neal uh, and... Should, um, should be good enough. John Sundvold on the call tomorrow night. Good crew. All right, yeah. Uh, Kittle's comparing Purdy's runs to a water-striding lizard was quite funny. Yeah, you ever seen one of those, the basilisks? The, they, they call them Jesus lizards because they run on water, but they, they're, they're invasive in Florida. But they, they run really awkward. They're, like, really upright, upright. and yeah, awkward. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brandon says, winner, Andy Kennedy and UAB basketball. Big win yesterday. Yeah, and Memphis is falling apart right now. That's, that's yeah. three straight losses to non or to unranked teams for Memphis. Barto Arena was packed. Great, great win for UAB, and they had Andy Kennedy mic'd up on the uh, on the sideline, and Penny. I think AK was mm-hmm. significantly better at that assignment than Penny was, but uh, also not the first time he's done that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Reynolds, wide receiver for the Lions, loser, two big drops. No yeah. doubt. And that that's the thing, because people are, you know, Dan Campbell's getting roasted today. And, you know, if you're a head coach and you make decisions that don't work, you get roasted. That's what comes with the job. That's why you get paid millions a year. He said it after the game. He's like, hey, I'm going to wear this one. I would have done it again. And, and that's the exact right answer. What what I can't stand about the the discourse around stuff like that is when people think that outcomes determine if a decision was the right one. If an NFL receiver catches a short pass, the exact same people calling Dan Campbell what they're calling him today would have been like, oh, wow, what a gamble. That's Dan Campbell for you. He's great. It's the same people. Fourth and three... The Lions get a fourth and three or shorter 85% of the time. The play call was correct. The receiver dropped the ball. That was a hard catch. It, but but still, that's, an, that's a, a catch an NFL receiver should make. With a trip to the Super Bowl hanging in the balance. And that kicker, the very uh, for NFL standards, they have a bad kicker to the Lions. They signed him very late in the season. They had to... He is 77% from 40 to 49 and 46% from 50 or greater. The people are like, oh, why don't you just 48, take... 48-yard field goal. Yeah, so just take the points there. Take the points there. They're not guaranteed with him. Yeah. He's not a good kicker. I don't know. Dan, Dan Campbell's style being pro-risk got them to that point. And everybody's like, oh, no, but it, it's the NFC Championship. You You should decide differently. Hold on. So you want him to coach the way he does up until the biggest game of the year and then change his decision-making? No, man. It didn't work. The play call was good. The decision was rational. It just didn't work. And that's okay. Ceasefire text line. Loser. Bradley Sowell. Hope he's listening. You know what you did. That's the message. You know what's funny about that is that could be a state fan or an Ole Miss fan. We don't we don't know which one it is. Could be either one. Here's the thing though, because I'm in a group message where people were like, 
you know, this tarnishes his legacy at Ole Miss or whatever. That's kind of a take today. And I thought, hold on. You've got a guy that played for you and played really well, went to the NFL, has spent his post-professional career living in your town and being an advocate for your school. And it, it him taking a coaching job for the first time, clearly he wants to be in coaching. Him taking a coaching job tarnishes all of that? Because he dared do it at Mississippi State? I don't know. I just I can't wrap my mind around that. If you want to coach and you get an opportunity, you got to take the opportunity. And it could be that he would have liked an opportunity at Ole Miss, but that opportunity didn't present itself. It's entirely possible. And and so, I mean, I'm not trying to side necessarily with you or Bradley Sal or whatever here. Just the thought is, if you get an opportunity to coach in the SEC for your first assistant coaching job. And hey, Dad, is it is it an on-field assistant coach? It is an analyst position. Okay, it's an analyst position. Um, but I mean, this, he's a first he's a first time coach, right? I mean, not not a lot of guy, not a lot of SEC teams are hiring guys who have never coached before to be uh, an on-field assistant. No, so no, not but at you all. got a guy who's eight, I think, eight years in the NFL. I certainly believe he can bring. Uh, insight and 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 value to an analyst position, and certainly as a guy who can look at film and and break it down. So, I mean, that's a good starting spot for him. And what is my it guess is five, three year starter in in the SEC also. Three year starter in the SEC and then eight years in the NFL, and then you know you got to think financially. I'm not saying he's you know he's sitting on cross money or anything, but eight years in the NFL, he must be doing. I'm sure he's doing okay. So an opportunity to hey, I can start at, a, at an entry level kind of position. We'll be all right financially, and I can start my coaching career this way. So, yeah, he's very excited. I, I had a chance to speak to him uh, last week, and he, he's very, very excited about the opportunity to work with Levy. They gonna move to Starkville, or will he like go back and forth? Or I guess I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Hmm. Didn't ask that. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to be with you this afternoon. Um, we got plenty to get into. We can talk more about these uh, these championship games. Uh, of course, a big basketball game tomorrow night coming up here in Oxford with Ole Miss and Mississippi State meeting on the hardwood for the first time this season. It will be the first meeting. Well, hold on. Have Chris Jans and Chris Beard faced off against each other? I have not looked through the game notes yet to see if their career paths have crossed. Could have happened. Could have. Um, also, the rest of what happened in the uh, the SEC in basketball this afternoon, Michigan has hired a football coach. We'll get to that in the college football fix. And, uh, and a whole lot more with you as we continue on this Monday Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Don't forget, Sports Talk brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Keep up with all the events that are happening in and around Oxford and the Ole Miss community on all of their social media channels. That includes Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Twitter, yeah, Visit Oxford MS or visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to check it out next time you visit Oxford. We're back with you after this. 
sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Glad to have you along for the ride on this Monday afternoon. So we talked to Ole Miss and State earlier. What about the rest of the SEC? Borky alluded to this when we were kind of talking through, you know, the difficulties of winning on the road. Tennessee beat Vanderbilt 75-62 in Nashville. Tennessee was down five at the half. And I mean, Vandy gave them all they wanted. Vanderbilt does not have a win in Southeastern Conference play. Um, Missouri was competitive with South Carolina on the road. They ended up losing by eight. And that one got tight with a couple of minutes to go. Got down to like a three or four point game. South Carolina wins at, wins at 72-64. Missouri still winless in the SEC. Um, Florida had a... 13-point halftime lead and led by 21 in the second half, and Georgia came all the way back and forced overtime. And then Florida ultimately won 102-98. to And Florida and Georgia are two teams that are just absolutely battling for a potential NCAA tournament spot somewhere along the way. And I don't think they'll both get there. They might not either get there. But they're both 4-3 and three in the league. They're both 14-6 and six overall. And in terms of the net, Georgia's not in great shape. Georgia's down in the 80s. Florida is... Oh, sorry, I thought I had it right here. Let's see. Florida is 39. So Florida's in good shape in the net rankings. Georgia is at 80. South Carolina currently is at 50 in the net. Ole Miss is at 56. Mississippi State is at 36. Tennessee has moved all the way up to three. Jeez. I mean, Tennessee, three in the net, Alabama, seven, Auburn, nine. And that's after two losses for Auburn this past week. State's metrics are fine. Ole Misses are getting better. Uh, I mean, we've we've talked about how the computers don't like them, and they don't. Um, they, although they didn't lose a quad three or quad four game, they've played a lot of them and haven't played – as many quad one and quad two games, but look at the rest of their schedule. It's all they got but one. So that'll take care of itself as, as long as they get the right number of wins. It doesn't even have to be get the right wins absent that Missouri home game. Just stack wins, get to, get to 10, and that metric stuff will take care of itself because of who those remaining six wins will be. Yeah. Um... Well, Kentucky had to fight like heck to beat Arkansas 63-57. An Arkansas team that is now without Devo Davis. Uh, Trevon Brazil, is he still hurt? I can't remember. I don't know if he played or not. Um, the, the mission of college game day basketball style is different than the mission of college game day football style. 
College game day football, they go to the best game in the country. College game day basketball was at Bud Walton on Saturday. And I know Kentucky's a draw. They always are. That was a one-win Arkansas team. Man, they're they're bad. They're ten and ten overall and one and six now in the SEC. And internal strife, all kinds of problems. So it's gotten to the point with Arkansas where it's kind of like Vanderbilt. You can't lose to them. I mean, if you lose a home game to, to Arkansas, State has one in a few weeks. Bad loss for, 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 you, for you if you did that. Yeah, Arkansas currently at 130 in the net. Missouri's at 123. Vanderbilt at 237. I mean, Vanderbilt's the one that you Real just quick. can't afford a loss to. Yeah. Real quick note on the net. It, it is painfully obvious if you look at State's resume that that Southern loss is killing them. They have a, if you take the Southern loss off, if you, if that was a win, State's okay. resume would be equally comparable with anybody from 20 to, to 20 to 30. They would probably combined, be 10 points higher. Yeah, they've got six combined quad one and quad two wins. Three quad one wins, three yeah. quad two wins against five losses combined in those two. And yeah. a quad one opportunity Maybe. coming Tuesday and a quad one opportunity coming Saturday. Yeah. And then a few more throughout, sprinkled throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. Feels like it's going to be a fun stretch. Oh, it's meaningful. This is, this is, this we is haven't the dream. hit the halfway point yet. We haven't hit the halfway point in, in SEC basketball. And I don't know if you guys noticed it or not. Or this, I feel like this has kind of gone under the radar. Because you don't have the SEC Big 12 challenge. They did the SEC-ACC Challenge in the non-conference. Everybody has right. an open date built into their basketball schedule yeah. this year. Um, yeah. Tennessee and Vanderbilt had those, theirs in the midweek last week. Ole Miss got one Valentine's up. Day. There you go. Or Ash Wednesday, depending on what you want to do. <laughs> Both on the same day. Yeah. Does that cause a problem? Get your ashes in the shape of a heart. Mm. Do you go get ashes? It might. Ash Wednesday? I do not, no. I didn't think that was your thing. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. I, I just, I, I didn't remember that being the case. But. I will eat fish on Ash Wednesday, though. Five o'clock hour coming up next. We'll start things off with the college football fix when we come back. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. <laughs> o'clock hour with you. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of live entertainment. They've got some really cool stuff coming up this spring and into the early part of the summer at Pearl River Resort. You want to see the full list of events, you go to their website, pearlriverresort.com. Click on the events tab. You'll see that you can buy tickets online. Coming up in February, the 24th, Ron White. That's actually sold out at Silver Star Convention Center. So when we tell you something big is coming, be sure to uh, check that out. If any tickets become available, we will be sure to let you know about that. Cool and the Gang will be there on March 16th. The Wallflowers on May 4th as well. And uh, Brian McKnight 
that's your thing coming june 29th to silver star convention center you will see michael borky there that night uh he'll be happy to sign autographs there for uh, brian mcknight at silver star you excited <laughs> about that one bork look like you are i mean hey dad brought up valentine's day he did but it's it's not yeah. until june oh so oh well, you get the tickets for valentine's day yeah there you go there you go pearlriverresort.com to keep up with everything that is happening there. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home internet, or the best in business IT services, Cspire's got you covered. Learn more about them online at cspire.com. Cspire, customer inspired. Cspire brings you the text line 601 879 4395. That's 601 879 4395. Time right now for the college football fix. Hey, Dad, tell them about the College Football Fix. College Football Fix was brought to you by your Mississippi Ford dealers. I have been on this earth for 49 years, and in every single one of them, Ford has had the number one selling pickup truck, the Ford F-150. Richard Cross drives one, and if that rich guy can drive that, anybody should be driving it. It's obviously a superior vehicle. Head to your Mississippi Ford dealers today and ask for a test drive. Doesn't take a rich guy. Great financing options yeah, available. Yeah. They will uh, take care of you at your local Mississippi. They got the, they got the good Aper. That's right. The good Aper. APR. Um, did Michigan get it right with Sharon Moore as their new head coach? I'll be honest with you. I don't see how it could possibly go wrong to promote from within. I mean, those guys have their fingers on the pulse of their programs. When you hire from within, when you just promote a coordinator, it's instant success. Ryan Day hadn't had success against Michigan, but they they keep on winning. Uh, it, it's certainly interesting because in the immediate short term, the roster's intact. A extremely well-recruited and developed roster that just won the national championship. Yes, they lose guys to the NFL. And maybe some guys will transfer in the spring window. I'd be willing to bet Michigan will encourage some guys to transfer in the spring window because that's how it works. Not every player leaving your program is doing so because they don't like your program. Some of them are leaving because the coaches told them to. However... There's no mass exodus like there was in Tuscaloosa. There's no 27 guys hitting the portal in their left tackle, in their defensive back, in their wide receiver, in their quarter. All of that is still right there at Michigan. So, I mean, he hadn't coached a game yet as a a full-time head coach, but the timing of Harbaugh's departure paired with who they hired at least kept the roster together for now. Yeah. Michigan giving Sharon Moore a shot, hoping he can sustain at least some of the success that Jim Harbaugh had toward the end of his nine-season run. Moore, in his introductory press conference on Saturday, said, We're hungry for more. M-O-R-E, not M-O-O-R-E. Although, print the T-shirts, Michigan. Um, They hired him on Friday to replace Harbaugh, who was a huge advocate of Sharon Moore getting the job. Ward Manuel, the athletics director, said Jim talked effusively about Sharon before the season, after the season, and in our conversation on Wednesday and really gave me the insight why he was our choice. Harbaugh told the Associated Press that he's a smart, hardworking teacher who makes strong connections with players, staff members, and families. 
He went on to say in a text message, quote, the only person I would want to do the job. I have 100% conviction that he will make us all very proud. Now remember, Jim Harbaugh is a Michigan man and felt very, very good about Sharon Moore. Uh, his contract is five years, base salary $500,000 and $5 million in additional compensation in year one. Salary and additional comp will each increase by 2% in the subsequent years, and Moore will receive a $500,000 per contract, um, uh, I guess, bonus if he remains the head coach for the entirety of the year. Can earn up to $3.5 million in bonuses, including $500,000 for winning a conference championship, and a million dollars for winning the national championship. His buyout starts at five million and goes down by a million each year. So, so who hired the coach, best coach? Kind of. Who did the best job in this coaching carousel? I, I've got a wild card for you. I think it's Indiana. I think Indiana did the best job of hiring a coach relative to program history and success. Said coach will have moving forward. Okay. You're, you're down with Coach Siggs? Signetti, man. Uh, just a winner. And, I mean, you know, Indiana's got, not going to win a national championship. They don't have the resources for that. But they're going to be just a thorn in the side, I think, of the rest of the Big Ten. I think he's just a winner. And they just went out. They did the Kansas State thing. They did the Kansas thing. Just go hire a guy that wins. He'll figure it out. Tron Moore did serve a one-game suspension during this season related to an NCAA recruiting infractions case (laughs) and the NCAA's investigation into allegations of sign stealing has still yet to be resolved. So there you go. Players were for it. Fans seemed to be for it. Moore said he was humbled to know that Jim Harbaugh and the players made it clear that he was their choice. He said, quote, I'm going to continue to work as hard as I can I've always gone by the philosophy, work like a GA. I always want to keep that mindset as the head coach. So, there you go. Took his D.C. with him and also his strength and conditioning coach uh, with him to uh, to the Chargers uh, as well. So, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy, and we'll talk about it this offseason, but Texas is the only program intact that went to the playoff. It's just Texas. Washington does not have a single starter on the offensive side of the ball coming back from the team that played for a national championship. And only one on defense, right? I think so. One, one or two, and that's it. I mean, it's just um, Alabama hasn't fallen apart, but they're certainly going to look different. Michigan hasn't, quote-unquote, fallen apart, but no more Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, Washington... No more could... Harbaugh, no more J.J. McCarthy, no more Blake Corum. Yeah. Yeah. And Washington could take multiple steps backwards, with all due respect to Jed Fish, but he literally has to rebuild the roster from scratch. Yeah. So we'll see where uh, where all of this goes. The time is now to seize on your opportunity in the SEC. I know Georgia's still around, and in college football. You have more access than ever. And the top of the country, there are holes in question marks basically everywhere that's not Columbus, Ohio, or Athens, Georgia. Is Michigan in the playoff next year? I say no. I I think no. Yeah, because it's what, Texas goes up there, right? Yeah. They've got a non-conference loss. They'll lose to Ohio State. 
They'll lose to Oregon. Yeah, got Oregon. There's three. Now. I mean, it's at, at, at nine and three is the bottom record you can have and be in the playoff. So, Washington probably not. I Texas most likely. Georgia most likely. Alabama. Don't know. Eh. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know yet. Don't know what their team is yet. Don't know they're too deep. Florida State. With DJ, they got a chance. They got they got talent still. And, and the ACC is just the easier road. Yeah. Oregon, eh, maybe. But Oregon, they're probably in. I would yeah, say yeah. they're in. That's pretty pretty good program. Yeah. Missouri is looking at this window the same way that Ole Miss is looking at it. They've got experience back at quarterback. They've got maybe the best wide receiver in the SEC. Certainly a debate there, but Luther Burden is in that conversation. They get guys that will go get it on defense. I mean, that's a good Missouri team with an easy schedule next year. Easy schedule for Missouri. Ole Miss, absolutely in the conversation. Ohio State, yep. Arizona's going to take a step back. Yep. I think. I think. I think LSU takes a step back. Yeah, they've got some personnel issues on the defense. They they had the worst defense in school history, possibly. And they've gotten worse personnel-wise. Yeah. So who does that open the door for? I mean, does Penn State, are they a playoff team? Is Notre Dame a playoff team? Is Oklahoma a playoff team? Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Kansas State, Louisville, Clemson? It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, We'll be back. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back on Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. So, Super Bowl 58, the matchup is set. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Let, let's, not, let's not grab the low-hanging fruit right now. I don't really care about the Swifties and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I know there are a lot of people that say it's going to get shoved down our throat for the next however long. I I don't know. What about the game itself? These two teams facing off for the second time in three years to try and claim the Vince Lombardi trophy. You fired up about the matchup? I like the matchup, yeah. I don't fire it up, might not be the right word, but you know, the 49ers, like I said, they were the best team in the league the whole season. Uh, you know, they, 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 they played really, really well. They have so many good players. Like, I don't know, this might be the sort of their last run with this, this group because they can't afford to pay everybody. They, they just can't. That, that, that is, makes this team so good. But the more interesting thing to me is Mahomes and, and the, the chance to, to win a, what would this be his fourth win if, if he gets there? Uh, and that would put him in, in, in the ultra elite 
you know, could retire tomorrow, be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and be in the conversation as the greatest quarterback of all time uh, if he gets the win here. So, I mean, that that's a, that's you know, you don't get to see it very often. And I've seen I've seen all three of those guys. I guess there's a fourth one with Bradshaw, but nobody ever lists Terry Bradshaw as an elite all time quarterback for whatever you know. Played in an era where the passing game wasn't what it is now. Maybe that's just just how that is. But Montana, Brady, and then Mahomes, if he gets the win here, would be right there with him. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's and you can get Mahomes as an underdog, by the way. Um, the San Francisco's got the weapons. I mean, Ayuk is their fourth best option. I mean, talk about uh, uh, an embarrassment of riches uh, for Brock Purdy, but. At what point does everybody just resign the fact that Patrick Mahomes is is different? What is he? Fourteen and three in playoff games, averages sixty eight percent completions in playoff games. He is he has matched Peyton Manning's playoff success in his career already. Mm-hmm. He's twenty eight. Mm-hmm. He's twenty eight years old, and he's had Peyton Manning's career in the postseason with basically none of the failures. It, 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 we are witnessing, and it, it's a big statement, but we are witnessing one of the greatest of all time already. He's 28 years old. By the time he's done, if he continues on this pace, he will go down as the greatest quarterback to ever live. And this year, he's taken the offense to the Super Bowl. Look, I know they've got Kelsey, and there are certainly options. It's not a bad team by any stretch, but it's the worst collection of weapons he's had so far. And yet here they've ended up all the same. He he's different. He's so special, and so I've got Chiefs fatigue myself. I know there are some people that are like, ah, this isn't the matchup I wanted. It's not the matchup I wanted. But any chance you get to watch Patrick Mahomes play football, you you got to take it. He is, he's different, man. He is so special, and he's got so much more football to play. There's really no such thing as being able to just go buy a Super Bowl ticket at face value. So you're, you're kind of stuck with the secondary market. The, and we're 13 days away and ticket prices will fluctuate. Will they go way up? Will they go way down? Will they kind of stay steady? Right now, the cheapest ticket I can find, get in the door, single ticket. So this is section 408, upper deck. Even with the end zone on the 49ers side of the field, $6,631. That is before fees, I think. So it's going to be about eight grand. <laughs> Definitely get that $399 service charge from, uh, from Ticketmaster. We've got to pay that for sure. 50 yard line, lower level, San Francisco side, $27,000 and change. Uh, 28,000 and change, 50 yard line, chief side. Um, looks like, uh, suites on the east side starting at about $50,000. And that's only that, for six can, tickets. Do I get to sit with Taylor if that's the, uh, the case? No, you don't. Oh, well, then I'm probably not. And here. everybody's already done the math. I mean, there is time for her to get home from Tokyo for the Super Bowl. Right. I love the Saints, but nah, dog. <laughs> I just wouldn't. I just, I just, I could never justify that, unless I was just, you know, rolling. But I, hey, Dad, we work in media, brother. 
yeah. I need to. I just need to up my coverage of the Saints. Hey, so that I can just you know get a credential next time. Regardless of who's in next year, we are going to try to get credentialed for the Super Bowl. We have a statewide right. sports talk radio show that touches New Orleans. I've talked yeah. to people that catch us all the way down to New Orleans. We're going to next year's Super Bowl, hey, Dad. We're going to get credentialed. We're going to sit on the very back of the stadium where we can't even see the players on the field, but we're going. Bring a jacket. It's cold in the press box. It's super dumb. Well, you won't be in the press box. You'll be in auxiliary seating. Yeah. It means oh, we will have spent better. the entire week on Radio Row because that Ooh. generally is part of the process for radio stations. So you got to cover the NFL. Um, we do. We do. We do. Kind of. Um, Close enough. And huh. I think you only get one credential per outlet. Oh. What? That's crazy. Well, I mean, I get it, but... Trial I mean, by combat know. it is. I, yeah, I, mean, I have... Yeah, I would... I would congratulations I would settle for... Uh, I have no interest. I would settle for just being there for Radio Row. I think that'd be a fun week. We need good too. We're we're workshopping ideas here right now. Uh, Sports Talk yeah. Mississippi from the Super Bowl New Orleans next we, year. If and, we, if you're interested in sponsoring our Super Bowl coverage and 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 you know uh, all that, please email me at heydad at supertalk.fm. And if you don't like heydad borky at supertalk.fm, who doesn't like me? Very and few if, people. I'm the most likable one. If you want to get one. a deal done, just let me know and we'll work something out. <laughs> All through, just just send the emails. I mean, just send them. Just put us all on it. It'll 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 be like when someone yelled "Reco" in boiler room. First one to get it to Robert wins. And um, we have proof it works. It works. Like I, I know we're we're kind of riffing, but seriously, if you want your company's name on Super Bowl coverage that airs on twelve stations in all eighty-two counties of Mississippi, it works. Absolutely, plus, it works. I and guarantee we'd love to I'll ask. Your company. I'll ask you a stupid riffing. question that'll go viral, and I'll 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 say it right there. I'll say your company's name right as I ask whoever some dumb question. By the way, Houston McDavid is is going. Um, guys, guys, uh, I need to check <laughs> my calendar before you go any farther yeah. down this road. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. It's fine. I mean, the Houston's not turning down a trip to New Orleans. Come on, we could bribe That's him with the various fine dining establishments in New Orleans. Have you, have you are you familiar with Doris Metropolitan, uh, Houston? Yes. Yes. Look at that menu. Um, Dwayne says at least we could fly down on Cross One. Buddy, I'm two hours. I, I... <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's a, that's an easy drive from wherever we are. Jeff tells us that a ticket for the first Super Bowl in 1967 was $12. Yeah, well, I mean, gallon of gas was 25 cents. What are we doing? 106. dollars Um. I had a poster from Super Bowl 20, 25, I think it was, and it had all the ticket stubs on the poster. Yeah. And even Super Bowl 25, which was like almost 30 years ago now, I think the ticket was like $275. It's well into, it's like 1500 for like face value, the cheapest ticket for the Super Bowl now. And there's a really, really cool Mississippi tie this year to the Super Bowl. Um, Brad Freeman who has been officiating in the NFL for 
probably over a decade now, and he has been very close. And I'll say this, he certainly wouldn't, and I don't think anybody associated with the NFL would. He should have already worked a Super Bowl. Mike should have already worked multiple Super Bowls, but he's working his first Super Bowl. And we got a little more digging and fact-checking to do on this, but we think it is the first time ever a father-son combination has worked a Super Bowl on the officiating. I think there are a couple of other possibilities that are out there. I don't think it has happened yet. Uh, it's it's a really neat story. So Brad Freeman, one of the uh, Super Bowl officials, of course, from Oxford, one of our good friends at M Trade Park. He's the uh, director of M Trade Park. Played baseball at Mississippi State and football for a stint there at the uh, the very end. Played minor league baseball. Was on the Colts practice squad before getting into officiating. He was an outstanding SEC official and then uh, made his way to the NFL and has done a phenomenal job. So really, really cool for uh, for Brad to get that opportunity. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll take a quick timeout. We're back with you right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. How about this message on the ceasefire text line? You guys talking about teams next year made me realize, okay, Bama new coach, MSU new coach, A&M new coach, Auburn still not going to be good, LSU replacing a Heisman winner. Ole Miss would have been the favorite to win the West next year for the first time ever, and there ain't one. Although Bama still would have gotten a lot of votes from the press. You know, I mean... If the East, if Texas and Oklahoma were not joining the SEC, let's ha- let's pretend that was happening in 2025, who would be voted to finish first in the West in 2024? It would be Bama, but it would be close as close well, as it's ever been, and almost would be second. Oh, you said if Texas and OU were not right? Yeah, if it yeah. was the SEC as we previously knew it. If you add Texas and Oklahoma, but you keep the divisions, then Texas would be favored. To win the West, and Alabama would be second in the East. What's the get in the door price for next year's Super Bowl? Seven thousand? I don't know. The get in the door price uh, will be Hey Dad and I sharing a credential and sneaking in and out and hoping nobody notices. Um, oh, you get the first half, I get the second. Yeah, I'm down for that. You guys really aren't familiar with Super Bowl security policy, are you? Yeah. We are, but you know, we like to make jokes too. Yeah. Uh, somebody says Irene's in Nola is a life-changing experience. It's really good. Irene's cuisine. I've been there. Oh, it's so good. That's the best part about that city in this conversation is somebody will say a place you've never heard of before, and when you go, it'll change your life. It'll be great. I'm not going to do a name drop as to how I found out about that restaurant, but a fairly prominent person from New Orleans said, oh, this is where you should go. 
Tell them I sent you. I can guess. And Jane and I, I went a long time it. ago, and it was spectacular. Just, and it's kind of like a little more hole in the wall. She can't ever get a reservation. Mm. It's good. It's really good. Um, by not name dropping, you totally name drop. Yeah, we. I know who it is. No, you don't. Yeah, I bet no I idea do. Who it is? I bet I do. I'm gonna text you. Okay, if I'm right or wrong. Uh, what combination of historic teams would you pay $10,000 a seat for? Step number one is having $10,000. This is a question, by the way, on the ceasefire text line. No, look, I, I think it would have to be in the right window because right now I wouldn't pay to take my son to the Super Bowl because he would he doesn't know what's going on. He's four. But... When he's old enough to understand sports, and I, bless his soul, I'm raising him to be a Saints fan. If the Saints make the Super Bowl, I will do whatever I can do to take him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's never going to happen. So, you know, it's just a fun thing to think about. But if he's of age and the Saints go, I'll do whatever I have to do to go. So, I don't know what the, the number is. I'm I'm not paying ten thousand dollars a seat for the Super Bowl. I to and to me, the Super Bowl itself, like the game itself, it feels more um, like antiseptic than a regular season game does. Like it, it's a, a more corporate environment. I do think the experience of going to a Super Bowl would re- be really cool. I got a buddy of mine that took his son when it was in New York. And great experience. But it's not one of his... He's been to a lot of cool events. It's probably not top five for him. He vastly prefers the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament in New York to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Super Bowl's a hassle. Like If you're going as a fan, the security measures that you have to go through just to get into the building, there's a lot there. But... The other part of it is the pomp and the circumstance and the build-up and all of the stuff would be really cool to see one time. So, if I ever got to a point where I could figure out a way to get a face value ticket, I'd do it once. But I'm not going to pay. I mean, unless my financial situation changes drastically from what it actually is, not what Hey Dad purports it to be, but what it actually is, I'm not paying secondary prices to go to a Super Bowl. I don't think. Many thousands of dollars. I'm saving up right now uh, to go to the World Cup here in two years. I have to go. Uh, I mean, I'm man enough to admit that I'm this big of a wuss that when I see the United States national team take the field and the national anthem plays at a World Cup game in the United States, I'll ha- I'll feel things. I- I- that will be an emotional experience. I'm man enough to admit that. Well, that makes you a wuss. Singing that anthem loud, and I mean just loud, man, screaming it. I'll have my son with me because he's coming with me. I don't care if he won't remember. He'll be six. I don't care if he won't remember it or not. He's coming. I can't wait. I mean, I've already got a separate account. Like I'm just casually dropping, just you know, a dollar here, fifty cents here, whatever. Just building my World Cup fund up. I started that like last week. 
You better start throwing like some twenties in there. Oh, yeah. It'd be a twenty every now and then. Yeah. What, what I Unless guess you're doing like fifty cents or a dollar seventeen times a day. I've got two, two years and like three months to to save. So over time, it'll it'll build up to where we'll be able to afford it. But she's the final is going to be in Jerry World, by the way. World, World yeah, Cup final is going to be at Jerry World. They have to elevate the field for it. Because they'll use real grass. They they will they will install yeah. grass and use like portable grass growers inside to make the field playable. The the big the big sporting event that I'm on the hook for is I have told um Obi several years ago. He probably doesn't even remember it. I guess I could let it slip. But the next time the Yankees are in the World Series, I will take him to Yankee Stadium and we'll go to a Yankees World Series game. There you go. Yeah, that'll be so cool. Yeah, and it'll be great. And and it won't. I mean, there's no getting around it. It will be an expensive trip, but it won't be Super Bowl expensive. Right. And it'll be a memory that lasts forever. But it may not happen again in my lifetime. Who knows? Surely, eventually, they'll get there. Yeah. One of these days, the payroll's gonna pay off at some point. Maybe at some point. So, let's go back to basketball. Good win for Mississippi State on Saturday. A lot of new listeners from the 3 o'clock hour when we talked about it. Hey, Dad, what was the thing that that stood out to you most on Saturday for Mississippi State in their win over Auburn? Two things were State playing defense the way they, they played last year for the first, really the first time in SEC play. Just completely dominant on the defensive end of the floor. And State's players not named Tolu Smith and Josh Hubbard stepping up, getting 14 points from Cam Matthews, getting double digits from Shaq Moore, getting 12 rebounds from, from DJ Jeffries. I thought that those were, those were huge contributions for Mississippi State. Those were the two things that, that for me, this is the, that's the difference between winning and losing for, is the way they played defensively and they finally got some help offensively uh, from their role players. Borky, what stood out for you? For Mississippi State, making uh, Auburn play their game. Uh, dra- like, like we said before, dragging them into the pit with them and, and making it a rock fight because I didn't think anybody would be able to do that with that Auburn team, and State was able to do it so that the toughness, uh, the physical toughness, and to what you said before as well, to the officials' credit, kind of letting them do that and uh, beating them at their own game. Forcing Auburn to play Mississippi State basketball is why they won. Hey, Dan, if I had told you going into that game that Mississippi State was going to out-rebound Auburn 45-30, to 30, would you I have sure bought me? Not sure I would have bought that. You know, there were a couple of, 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 of things like that. Like I said, if, if you told me State was going to win despite going 9 of 18 from the free throw line, and as yeah. I mentioned earlier, certainly if you had told me Tolu Smith was only going to have nine points, I would not have thought Mississippi State was going to win that game. Yeah. State shot 44% from the field, which was a good number. Not particularly good from three, just five of 21. Nine of 18 from the free throw line, not very good there. But some of those hustle categories really stood out. Rebounding 45 to 30, State plus 15. They were plus eight on the offensive glass, 14 to six. Plus nine in second chance points, 12 to three. Um, Paints in the point, big advantage for Mississippi State. Outscored Auburn by 14 there, 34 to uh, 20. So it was a good win. 
and just a really, really good win for uh, for Mississippi State. And and again, outscore them paint points in the paint like that with Tolu Smith only having nine points. That's right. It was a lot of driving to the basket from mm-hmm. from guards and, and forwards, and it got Mississippi State to three and four in the league, fourteen and six overall. They are headed to Oxford tomorrow to take on Ole Miss, who is seventeen and three overall, four and three in the SEC. Neither team ranked in the top twenty-five. Ole Miss is in the others receiving votes category. Mississippi State's just like they're not getting any love at all in the polls. That that, right. that loss to Southern is, is is killing them. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, let's see, Mississippi State is they didn't get a single vote. Like, not one vote in the AP Top 25. Sports Talk Mississippi, we'll wrap it up with you coming up next. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. If you're looking for a new truck, SUV, or a car, let me direct you to Belt Ford and Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. I don't want to like, tell you every single model vehicle that they've got on the lot. They're just all great. ton of F-150s, Broncos, Explorers, Expeditions. Got some car options there. That's on the Ford side of things. If you're looking for a Toyota, 4Runner, yep. Tundras, yep. Tacomas, yep. Camrys, Got them, uh, and they're all fantastic. What's the? I think it's the Rav Four. Still do the Rav Four anyway. The Highlander got those also. Um, they'll take care of you. Great selection on the lot right now. Best financing options that you'll find anywhere, and great people to deal with. When you go to Belt Ford and Oxford Toyota, you're getting local service. People that will take care of you. They're not just trying to shove you into a car and get you out the door. They want to help you find the deal that's best for you, the vehicle that's best for you, the one that you want, the one that you need. All that stuff rolled into one, and then they'll be there for you after the sale as well, uh, with their service department that is as good as you will find anywhere. Belt Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway Six West right here in Oxford. That's where I live. And it doesn't matter if you live outside of Oxford. Come here. They'll take care of you. Tell them you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. All right, same thing we did for Mississippi State just a second ago. Borky, looking back to Saturday night, biggest thing that stood out to you for Ole Miss in their win at Texas A&M? The the mental toughness aspect of it. Uh, It didn't play well for the first 17 minutes, turned it over, kind of sloppy offense, got really hot at the end of the first half and for the first few minutes of the start of the second half and built a lead and then gave that lead up. So they started poorly, caught up, played well, built a lead, blew that lead, had had a seven-point deficit with four minutes to go, Found a way to win. You had four different players inside of a minute do clutch things with Murray's three-point shot 
and then Morrell, Flanagan, and Brakefield all making both of their free throws to seal the game it was a, a very mentally tough win on the road in front of 12,500 people. I just think Jalen Murray is such a cool story. Um, we were watching the game, and Jane goes, he scares me. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, look at his eyes. He never smiles. I was like, he's playing a game right now. She's like, yeah, but like he looks scary. And then they had him over for the post-game interview, and he cracked a smile. And she's like, oh, wait, I like him. And he was talking, and just very insightful, and it was it was cool. I mean, it's a guy that was at St. Peter's, and he played in 33 games as a freshman, and then as a sophomore, played in 29 games, had a career-high 23 against Fairfield in the opening round of the of the MAC tournament a year ago, and that was the team that had the run in March Madness that was so cool. So, but you didn't know what you were getting with him. No, right? I mean it was a late edition. He's not edition. big. Listed at five eleven, he's not five eleven. No way. Listed at 170, he's not 170. Plays with long sleeves. But he's been a really good player, and he's playing the true point guard position for the first time in college. And his passing's quite good for a non-point guard. Yeah. So I thought it was a really neat part of the story. And Ole Miss has had different guys step up at different moments of the season. Morrell's had big games. Frankfield has had big games. Juju Murray's now had big games. Alan Flanagan's had big games. I think you're going to get a big game from Brandon Murray before it's all said and done. They look a little bit different with him, but I think you got a chance to see that as well. One of the things that Haydad and I talked about on the uh, uh, that you'll hear on Thunder and Lightning podcast tomorrow is who's going to step up? Who's going to step up for Mississippi State? Is Josh Hubbard in his first Magnolia State rivalry game? playing against the school that he was originally committed to, but now for the school that he ended up at, who, by the way, was awarded SEC Freshman of the Week for the third time this season. He is the second player in Mississippi State history to win that award uh, that award a trio of times. Jamont Gordon was the last to do it in the 05-06 season. The, the, the two company. guys that had done it twice in their freshman season in recent memory... Quindary Weatherspoon and Reggie Perry. Also pretty good players. Very good company. Yeah. yeah. Special stuff happened with us. We'll Hubbard. see. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I'll Will see you in Oxford of, tomorrow. Will it be one of the veterans that steps up for Ole Miss? It's played a bunch of uh, these Ole Miss-Mississippi State games. Morrell, Rakefield, Flanagan, who's new to the rivalry, but a veteran in SEC. Back. Uh, we got so much to talk about. Going to be fun. Hey, Dad, can't wait for you to be in the studio here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff, 
MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.